I'm Kendall. And I'm Bree. And this is When the Light Goes Out. Sweet. Today is a little weird. We are recording midday so (laughs) in a different room in a different room this is our third time trying a different room because uh i don't know if you guys noticed last episode i am so sorry about that but the air had kicked on in the living room that we were recording in last time and it just sounded very uh like moany (laughs) miss moans yeah so sorry about that guys uh hopefully it's Way better now. You know, we're just critiquing as we go, so bear with us there. We're still learning. We're still learning. We're still we're still trying shit out, so what can you do? Um, but I hope you guys did enjoy that last episode um, about the Cecil Hotel, because it was a very, very gruesome and depressing one. So <laughs> hopefully, no kidding. yeah, hopefully y'all learned something about that. It was kind of... Uh, on a whim because I had struggled so much with her, with trying to like figure out how to carry on with this month's set of episodes, but we finally got through it and here we are. So it's cool. I'm so excited to be here now. And uh, like I said, it's weird because we're recording at like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. So it's like our usual like our usual day, but was it? It's kind of like. Just daylight. That's about difference. So. It's nicer though, because I'm not like half asleep. <laughs> yeah, it is true. Yeah, I think we might start doing this more, more daytime recordings and such. So yeah, hell yeah. Well, um, with that, I won't spend too much time. Uh, I do have a flight later on to catch. I'm going to New York later, so excited for that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, I bought tickets to go see Harry Potter on Broadway. Um, Fun. So excited for that. It's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And if you know me, well, you already know I love spooky shit, but I also love that wizard shit. So. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so that should be really fun. And I'll be doing a lot there. So if you want to follow my little ventures in New York, feel free to follow me on Insta because that is where I am most. So cool. <laughs> That's where he lives. That's literally where I live. Yeah, I spend all my time on there. A lot of people spend the time on TikTok. I spend my time on the Instagram. So it's cool. It's all right. We're great. <laughs> We're thriving. Love. <laughs> Love. Super slay. That's what like, my new thing. Ooh, I, I like work that. with like a lot of younger high schoolers, I guess. Mm-hmm. And our new thing, well, my new thing, because I'm, like, old, is Super Slay. Super Slay. So Slay. And Queen Pussy Slay. Queen Pussy Slay. <laughs> um, shout out. Oh, I'm going to use that. That's so funny. Shout out them. Shout out them. I know shout some of them actually them. listen to our show. So yeah. So that's kind of funny. Shout out you guys. Shout out you guys. Thanks Super for listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, like, some are, like, high schoolers and some are my age or a little younger. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But it's, like... Like slay, it's funny how slay is coming back because it's not like the 2012 like slay, slay, slay. It's like 
So sleigh. So like, it's, like, different. <laughs> it's, like, two different sleighs. It is two different sleighs. Oh, my gosh. Like, I love this. Two different meanings. I'm learning so much right now. Two different meanings. Yeah, they keep me hip. You're making me, me feel young. old. I didn't know this was even a thing. Yeah. I, you know, it's weird. I feel like the more I am around anyone younger than I am, the more I learn about different verbiage that people use. Like slang and stuff? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just learned what riz is. What the hell is riz? riz? It's like, um, like game, basically. Like, ga- oh. like game, like talking, like how good you are, like talking and like getting bitches, basically. Oh, shit. Like getting girls. It's riz. Like, Damn. Oh, you don't got any riz. Guys, I ask your word of the day. Riz. Riz. Use it in a sentence How do I today. use it in a sentence? Use it in a sentence today. Oh my gosh, y'all. I'm going to New York. That shit is going to be so fun. I'm going to get all the bitches. It's going to be Riz. That'll use it right. No. <laughs> oh shit. Oh. No, it's like more like I have a lot of Riz. Or like oh, that guy doesn't okay. have any Riz. Like it's like that. Oh, I think. Oh, oh, I oh. think Oh, 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 okay, I see. So, like, oh my gosh, Brie is looking so fucking hot today, but I have no riz. Yeah, like, okay. I have no riz. Like, oh, I would never be able to get her. Oh, I love like, that. Yeah, like, that type of thing. Riz. Oh, I love that. Riz. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, bet. I'm using that for now on. Yeah, so you have, like, a lot of riz, because you're good at, like, getting dudes. Getting dudes. So oh, you have a lot of riz. I love that. Okay, bet. We're using that for now on. TM. <laughs> trademarking that ow ow <laughs> um and also just a side note sorry i don't want to go on attention but i had to say this because i was angry about it already i had uh told brie before we started the show how i had lost my airpod yes. at the coffee shop um several months ago and i think this was like around the time we were just starting the show oh, but wow. um i had finally like decided to get a new replacement for my left airpod and did not realize that it's like a hundred dollars for a new one and i'm like holy shit i feel like i paid enough like at least a hundred something dollars just for like both pairs i didn't know it was that much that's just crazy to me is it like dead or turned off like you can't track it yeah well i try to track it and it's just, like, not in existence. It's just, I don't know, maybe someone threw it away, recycled it. I don't know. But I'm like, damn, that it's a really expensive AirPod. I didn't know it, exp- it cost it so much. Um, but maybe it's cool. Maybe they turned it in at the coffee shop. Have you asked? Oh, I tried so, oh, I tried okay. so many times. It's, like, my, my, that coffee shop I go to is, like, my home. And I won't share which one, so I don't triangulate everything. But it's one of my favorite places to go to. <laughs> Some of these listeners know. I'm sure you do. So <laughs> I'm like sure some of those baristas are listening. Um, but it's cool. Like I got a new pair of Beats headphones so I can edit our show with. So hopefully our material just gets better and better with the more expensive equipment that we buy and we just get better. So sweet. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, I didn't notice your nails before. Did it? Did you just get those done? No, they are so old. I actually was really? just thinking about how I need to get them done. Yeah, look how grown out they are. Oh, they're not that... I've seen so much worse, girl. Oh my god, they are literally so grown out. No, you're over here looking good. I got my hair done before I got oh, done yeah. here. And brows. Mm, I, oh. <laughs> so... You got them arches. I got them arches now. Um. So, funny story, because uh, we... I won't spend too much time, so we can go into the story, but my... um eyelash person wasn't there yesterday so i went on a monday i get my eyelashes done usually on the like a saturday oh 
Thank you. Eyebrows. Sorry. <laughs> I'm delusional. I didn't get much sleep last night. But um, I had went to the eyebrow place to get my eyebrows done. And um, the lady that usually does them wasn't there. And I was really hurt because she does them perfectly every time. Like, I don't like my eyebrows way too arched or anything. I just like them cleaned up with just a little a little slant, a little right. heel. Um, but this this newer lady that I went to was like, oh, I got you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, she, she just does it where it's like just like. She cleans it up and it's just like a little, it's a little arch. No, this bitch went ham on my eyebrows. She was they like, look great though. They do? Okay. I'm like, uh, I was like nervous at first because I'm like, she showed me and I'm like, wow, those, these are, these are different for me, but I like them. So maybe I'll go back to her if I get enough reviews. <laughs> we'll see. They look good. <laughs> Thank you. you. Like, like obviously, like men's eye or eyebrows aren't supposed to be arched. Super like, arched, yeah. Off. But it fits my face, okay? Yeah. Okay, yeah. hopefully. And then I also got my hair cut too. Yeah, your so hair looks crispy. I got the matching piece set. You got the fade. I no, got the fade. I got the two piece set. <laughs> he yeah. didn't actually get a fade. He just gets like a clean. Yeah, I get like a. He gets a line. I do. I get Isn't it called like a line. A lineup. Yeah, yeah, I do. I did get a little fade just because okay. um, my hair just grows rapidly within two weeks. But, but enough hair talk for now. We can move on to something that we have all been waiting for. Woo-hoo. This Woo-hoo. story of Elisa Lamb and Boo we is have. So ready. We have Boo here. He's so ready. <laughs> Boo is laying up under her. She's like, I'm here too. I want to listen. She is so so we love our audience. She's going to give her commentary. Oh, yeah. Oh, before we start, too, um, just so you guys know, if you guys hear page flipping, that is me. Um, usually I would put all of my work onto our tablet, but unfortunately I did not have time to do that. So we are going verbatim based on my notes I have written down. So bear with me. And like always, if you hear any other random noises, it's the cats. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Bunny, um, her other cat is going beneath the blind slot. So if that happens, the windows, yeah. the windows to, to the, the wall, wall, to the wall. So set down my, my balls. balls. All, all these bitches go. Oh, that's something. I love it. Okay. Our tangents today are crazy. Okay. All right. We're focused. We're here. We're we're present. Time to get serious. Time to get serious. It's story time, everyone. So as you guys might have noticed, today's episode is named What Happened to Elisa Lamb? Now Elisa Lamb is a very, very, very popular story that I'm sure everyone has heard about um and I'm just really excited to do the story because I've honestly been wanting to do this since we started the show I just didn't know how I wanted to uh uh not isolate um execute this story so we're just gonna go through it get the story to her it's like a real um Kind of like mystery, true it crime. It is. A mystery, true crime. I think yeah, this is... Yeah, you guys a, aren't familiar. Yeah, this is really one of the biggest, I think, to me at least, one of the biggest true crime, crime stories yeah. to date, and at least the bigger true crime stories that a lot of people, or a lot of podcasters at least tell. So, um, this is our turn, and this is our way of telling it. So, there you go. Oh! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, Good Bunny, thing we moved can't... that stuff. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we did. Sorry, guys. Hold on. That actually scared oh my God. Boo, too. Jesus Christ. She jumped on the table. Oh, God. Okay. Lord have mercy. The price of having cats. Okay. 
So. <laughs> they're lucky they're cute. I'll tell you that. I'm gonna like. Okay, we're good. <laughs> that was funny. Okay. Okay, Jesus Christ. So, Elisa Lam was born on April 30th, 1991, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. She was the daughter of two immigrants from Hong Kong. Oh, not you two. Don't ever. <laughs> you would never. She was trying to get on the table and try to wreck shit up, too. Okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Say swear. <laughs> Seriously, though. Okay, they're gone for the moment. <laughs> They'll be back. I am so sorry. We didn't even get through the first, like, Sentence. bullet. <laughs> so, like I said, Alisa Lim is the daughter of uh, two immigrants from Hong Kong. She is the daughter of David Lam, and I think it's Ina Lam, if I'm not mistaken. And um, she also had a sister, which I'm not sure if her sister was older or younger but um her sister was oh duh her sister's name is right here oh <laughs> her sister's name was sarah lamb so she also had a sister and then she had lived with her parents um and growing up she was always known as being very bright she was just um a notable student too and she also went by lisa lamb but she had a um actual name an actual Cantonese name which was lamb ho yi so, Elisa's parents were uh, restaurant owners and Bur- Burberry, I almost said Burberry, Burnaby, <laughs> British Columbia. And while they were um, working there, uh, oh, I cannot speak. So, while they were working there, Elisa had also attended the University Hill Secondary High School. And then she eventually went off to University of British Columbia. Now, what's interesting is that prior to her disappearance, sources say that she was was not registered as a student. So I don't know what that means, but maybe she just deregistered as a student and we'll later figure out, you know, she's having a lot of problems and stuff. So maybe that was like a reason. Don't really know specifically why, but, you know, we can put our all odds on what we can. So. So one thing about Elisa was that she was a huge blogger. At first, I know, right? At first, she started in high school or secondary school with a blog named Ether Fields on Blogspot, which, side note, Blogspot has been around since I think the internet was the internet, and you can still use it today. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's called Blogger now. And many people still use it to this day. Um, it's more kind of now like a business type thing or like it's used for edu- uh, educational uses, kind of like WordPress. I'm sure we've all used that before. But anywho, this had been in around 2010. And two years later, she maneuvered from Blogspot to Tumblr with a blog she named Nouvelle Nouveau. We love Tumblr. We love Tumblr. So these blogs were often her like digital getaway if you will and she just posts about you know fashion famous quotes and just her day-to-day life quite honestly but who hasn't done this all throughout college i ran a travel and fashion blog actually called the kendall chronicle do you remember that yeah i even remember branch a oh branch a i had yeah so i had a <laughs> side note again i had a website in high school called branch a where i sold like clothes and i actually did really well i sold a lot of clothes and stuff um with I my i still have my sweater do you mm-hmm. maybe i'll start it up again one day you never know 
But yeah, so that was, I mean, something that I feel like we can all just kind of cite with. And so now this was often her hobby, but not only would she post off, post off uh, I mentioned, but also a lot regarding to her mental health and mental illness. I didn't want to retell the whole background of the Cecil Hotel, by the way, but if you are curious, it's all in the episode 14, so go back. You don't have to listen to last week's episode to understand this episode, but it is very good to just follow our little deep dive on that one. Um, So you should probably just take a gander, listen to it. It's good, I promise. But in case y'all really need just a quick review of the Cecil Hotel, and I just want to tell this now before we go any further, it was built in the early 1900s, right around the time the Great Depression hit. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Wait, whole, what? The early 1900s. Wait, yeah, the yeah. Depression was like 1930s. Okay, yeah. Um, and then the hotel that sits overseeing Skit Row over time developed an array of fatal, uh, fatal tragedies throughout its time. Leading up to the infamous story of today's case, Lisa Lamb. Um, I still am sitting with that story from last week about the baby that was thrown out of the building because that just doesn't sit right with me. But and the one where she fell and hit a bystander. Oh yeah, yeah. There was the one uh, little case that we you talked just gotta on. Watch. Yeah, you gotta just listen. listen. Just Go listen. listen. It, it's crazy. It's truly crazy. Anywho, in 2013. Alisa had been experiencing a ton of withdrawals, which she, which I'm sorry, we will get into a little later, but she really felt it was time to take a break from school. So she decided to do some traveling to help ease a lot of that pressure and she had been, that she had been just encountering at home. So she had came down to the United States for vacation. One of the main states that she really wanted to try out or just had her eye on was California. So she bought an Amtrak bus ticket and set out to San Diego on June, uh, sorry, January 22nd. And she really loved just the city itself. It took, uh, she took a lot of pictures. Um, she later posted on her blog of her visiting restaurants and the San Diego Zoo. Can I help you, little bun? I mean, oh, you're not bun. I'm sorry. You're boo. <laughs> okay, be quiet. Okay. <laughs> So she actually called this trip, which I thought was really cute. She called this trip on her blog, The West Coast Tour, which I think is just so cute. Um, I just think that we have so much <laughs> so much in common because I think I would do something just like this. Oh, you would. I would definitely do something like this. <laughs> Call it The West Coast Tour. Oh, my gosh. I love it. The West Coast Ken doll. The West Coast Ken doll. I love it. <laughs> but it's not about me. It's about Elisa. So I definitely would say I would do something like this at 21. Hell, I would do it now, so whatever. But now keep in mind, she told her parents she would, you know, make the trip alone, and she wanted to do this for herself, which I can't blame her, but y'all, if you do go on trips alone, always keep at least one or two people you trust on your radar at all times, because things happen. Not saying that she didn't, but it's a dangerous road out there. True, true, true. Take the cautions, precautions at least. So she did tell her parents she'd be safe and she followed up with them. And that's exactly what she did. It's clear that beyond her just known personal struggles, her parents trusted her pretty well. So after leaving San Diego, she planned on moving to San Francisco and then Santa Cruz. And she made all this known to her um, family, but also to her blogging. Now... 
that's my one problem with this because it's great that you can you know show friends how you might travel or things like that but do not post where you're going or your schedule mm-hmm. on the internet it's so dangerous and if i'm not mistaken if i mean i know a lot of people use instagram but um I think there. everyone's been talking about how Instagram does that thing now where if you post something, you can see your location unless you turn off the filter or, like, the function. Um, I know you... I know there is an option, but I didn't know that it was just automatic. Yeah, it's automatic. So, in order to... Uh, just a side note. In order to turn that off, I think what you can do... I'm not sure specifically for all phones. I'm pretty sure it's pretty similar. But um, when you have the app, like Instagram or Facebook... You can go to your settings, and then when you go to the specific app, um, you can see that the location, it says while using, usually people have while using on, Uh I would turn that off completely. If you really want, you know, to post something or show people where you are, I suggest, and this is just personally my opinion, you should post it after you leave that place, because... I agree. Yeah. Like, you never know who and whatnot, or, you know, you never know who is watching. After it's, this is over, you're gonna have to show me that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to show you that. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's kind of... It, it creeps me out just alone, so I can only imagine how many females or girls out there are, like, posting this kind of stuff, and you never know. And now, one thing I'll also say off-topic is that... Not off-topic, but off my notes, is that um, Elisa... Elisa's story is still pretty much unsolved. So I don't know what happens. I don't know what happened to her. We're going to give our theories and we're going to give our conspiracies at the end. But um, as far as I know, we don't know. Like, I have no idea. I have tried to, like, figure out. I think a lot of people have. Don't know at all. So. So on January 26, 2013, Elisa arrived in Los Angeles, California. She actually attended a live taping, and I didn't know this before. She tape, uh, She actually attended a live taping of the talk show Conan O'Brien, hmm. but oddly didn't get to sit in for the entire show and had been escorted off of the lot because of her alleged disruptive behavior. I checked everywhere for more information on this, and I got nothing, but that is just sort of the average answer that I got. So I thought that was kind of interesting. She had also that day checked into the infamous hotel at 640 South Main Street, we know to be the Cecil Hotel. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I might put that in there this time again. <laughs> so. Elisa had been assigned a hostel-style room, which is generally a shared room with bunk beds, and this had kind of been on the fifth floor, if I'm not mistaken. She did have the money for an individual hotel room, but I think she was just trying to be very cost-efficient for her trip, so she couldn't cut herself short and spend so much, like, cash. Though not even long after settling in, her roommates that she had called in complaints towards uh, Elisa. They'd explained that Elisa would leave cryptic notes to them saying things like, leave or go away. Or she also locked the door behind the girls and then she would refuse to let them in without a password. Which, let's keep in mind, she's 21. I don't know about (laughs) those specific 
actions and how that kind of to me it kind of just reflects a lot of childish behavior yeah i agree so it's just kind of weird that that goes the way it did now all around giving up behavior was understandably spooky for the girls and only two days later the hotel management had uh, relocated sorry elisa to her own private room and also just to clarify, this is all according to the hotel staff. I never found solid evidence that this was coming from the roommates themselves. So we're just taking this from the hotel. But nonetheless, Elisa kept herself thereafter, just continued living her best life, trip, uh, doing trip after trip um, to different areas. She still was at the Cecil, but she was just kind of like going to different places like speakeasies and different shops and things like that just to check out. On January 31st, five days after checking in, Elisa had been scheduled to check out, but as far as the front desk knew, this guest never checked out or had been seen around the hotel. She just seemingly vanished without any trace, literally. Not only did the hotel never have Elisa check out, but she never contacted her parents that day. And like I said, Elisa was very good about making sure she spoke to her parents every day. She had been on that trip and she made sure that, you know, her parents were at ease about where she was. So that very moment they didn't get that text that day or that call, they knew something was right. That was not right about this. Her parents immediately contacted the LAPD informing them about Elisa They're just frantically on the phone explaining our daughter is 21 years old from British Columbia. She had never been to America alone before. She was supposed to, you know, call us. We never heard from her. She was supposed to have from Los Angeles to Santa Cruz. And we are worried that something may be wrong. Just as quick as they called, her family had already been looking to book flights to come to search for her alongside the LAPD. So they are already headed to California at this point. Prior to her family's arrival, cops did attempt to search the hotel, but couldn't make a full sweep without legal permits. So that's kind of annoying because you're trying to find someone who's missing and the hotel's not letting you do that, but okay. And they're just kind of confined from searching the areas of the hotel, like the lobby, hallways, the meeting halls, things like that. So they had no luck to that. Now, I don't know if you all remember, but the Cecil Hotel has 700 rooms. So, (laughs) even if they really wanted to check every single room, that's a lot of rooms to just, you know, go on and check and make sure that, you know, this one person is safe and not in harm's way. So, the cops even brought police dogs to check the exterior of the building, including the roof, to see if they find anything, and they found nothing. Which, considering how she was found, is kind of bone-chilling that she didn't, they didn't see anything at that time. But we'll get to that in a minute. Now, I did watch a witness interview online given by a woman by the name of Katie Orphan. At the time, Katie had been working at a bookstore called The Last Bookstore, which is kind of ironic. <laughs> right next door to the Cecil Hotel. And Katie had claimed that she had actually seen Elisa the day that she went missing. Katie described remembering Elisa coming into the store and being very overly outgoing, sort of as if she was getting overly excited to be there. She says that she just aggressively just want answers and questions about the books and things around the store. 
She even referenced friends and families back home, assuming that she'd be taking some of those souvenirs back home to give to her, her family as presents. So back over at the Cecil, police were not able to search every room in the hotel, but they were able to check the hotel room that she had been staying in. And everything was left in her room. They found a passport, a wallet, and her clothes. Now, what they didn't find was her phone, almost as if it intended she was going to come back, but there was no sounds of foul play, as they say. So So there is no foul play, no forced entry, nothing taken from the room. Now, the room wasn't necessarily found in a clean and orderly fashion, but it wasn't ransacked either. So this kind of stumped investigators. Oftentimes, if it was kind of a burglary, it would show signs of, you know, forced entry, things like that. And not even the search uh, that the canines could do found a scent based on her clothes. But the investigators did find one piece of evidence, and this piece of evidence still gives me anxiety to watch today after seeing it at least eight times. And what I'm referring to is the elevator footage. Now, I'll try my best to describe the video in detail, but it's easy to it's easier at least to just Google Elisa Lamb elevator video footage. Um, I watched this last night as I was researching and I had to turn on something a little more lighthearted. I think, what did I turn on? I turned on, um, what the fuck did I turn on? Oh, I turned on Home Alone 2. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't, it gives me, it gives me chills. So on the found elevator footage, the CCTV footage, Elisa is wearing a red jacket with those Palazzo Capri looking pants. Did you ever have any of those? When I was in like elementary school. <laughs> yes. I think that's an elementary school like thing. Third grade, I feel like. Ah, they always drove me crazy seeing people walk around in them. But that's beside the point. They're not the cutest, that's for sure. <laughs> so she's wearing this and she walks into the elevator pretty calm. She bends over to press the elevator button. She stands back, like, kind of backside of the elevator, where she stands still for a good, like, four seconds. The door does not close. She quickly kind of peers out in the elevator and kind of looks both ways and then sticks her head back in the elevator. She then kind of pivots her body to one side of the elevator as if she's hiding from something. Then she moves closer to the elevator panel and hides in the corner then after she stands there for a good like minute or so, she then peeks her head back out of the elevator, then gets out of the elevator, shuffles herself around in this weird like manic like robot-y kind of act or something. Then she moves to the side, still outside of the elevator, kind of where the, ele- the camera can't see it. And then she raises, like, her arm, it looks like, and kind of, like, folds her arm over her as if she's kind of stressed or something. And then gets back into the elevator. She starts pressing every button on the elevator panel. Then she gets back off, starts moving her hands in gestures that truly creeps me the fuck out. And... It's like as if she's like talking to somebody. I don't know. It's weird because if you're looking at the video, do you remember the video specifically? Yeah, I do. It's very um, like she seems kind of like frantic. I yeah, guess. like she's it's frantic. Very. It's very um, just 
spooky, I guess. It's, yeah. It's, her actions are very, I don't want to say, like, robotic, but definitely very, like, like, not normal. Yeah, not normal. It's not, it's not, like... And, like, okay, there's conspiracies after, like I said, we'll cover and we'll talk about that elevator thing in a minute. But um, what really, like, is just eerie to me is that she is, she looks super, like, she looks often, like, generally scared. Like, she looks like someone is, like, following her or something. But, like, what's creepy to me is that, like, there's no one there on the, the camera footage. Yeah, or at least there's nobody we can really see. No I'm one we can sure. see, yeah. I can't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, probably not you, because I don't know if you'll know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but the people listening. I feel like I recently saw something, maybe I'm making this up though, where someone like noticed that you do see like a hand or like an uh, arm. Oh like, my god. For like a split second. Yeah, maybe you can look that up real quick. Yeah, let's look it Um, up. Let's see. I might be making that up, though, but I feel like I No, you might be right. Because you know what I also heard, and I didn't put this in my notes either, is that people assume that there's footage missing of it. Yeah, I did also hear that, too, where you can, like, tell that it's been cut. That's so fucking creepy. And we're gonna, of course, talk about that, but let's see. Hold on. Guys, look this up while I'm looking it up. (laughs) Elisa Lamb. Elevator. Okay. Oh, they have this boy in 4K. Okay, let's see. Okay, yeah, so she's getting on the elevator. Uh Uh-huh. So she's, like, bent over, like I said. Yep, so she pushes the button. She stands in the corner. And it's, like, she's just standing there for a good, like, five minutes. Okay, so, like, she's going towards the elevator door. She, like, quickly looks both ways, puts her head back in. Stands to the side again. Shuffles to the corner. And then she's just standing there as if, like, something's watching her. And then she's peeking her head out again. And I think this is when... I think she's... Maybe that's the part. It kind of looks like there's something over there. Kind of, like, in the corner. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's moving in that weird shuffle motion, and she's getting back on the elevator. She goes back out. She gets, she goes outside of the camera's view, as if she kind of knows the camera's there or something. And now this is the part where people think she might, like, it skipped. Because you can't see her on the film, but it's almost like she lags right here. But it's hard to tell. And it's just, yeah, she's just standing there. Like, I don't even know what's going on. And yeah, yeah. so, like, she's getting back on the elevator. Like, she's stressed out. She pushes all the buttons on the panel. And you know what's creepy? The elevator does not shut. (laughs) The elevator door never closes. Like, that alone just gives me goosebumps. Because I'm like, right away, you would think that the elevator would do something. Like, make some kind of, like, adjustment or whatever. It doesn't even budge. She goes back outside the elevator, and then this is when she, like, is, like, talking to somebody. Like, she's, like, she's, like, making, like, hand motions. And you can probably see her mouth moving. Yeah, we don't see her mouth moving either, though. No, but you do. Oh, you do? Oh, wait, let me see. Go back. Oh, she is. She's, like, it's like she's telling someone, like, do this, do that. Okay. 
so okay that's happening and then yeah and then she just walks off yikes oh my gosh okay yeah So that all happens within like two minutes and 30 seconds. So that's like a two minute and 30 second long video of her doing that. But the thing is, like I said, people have speculation that someone or somebody may have tampered with the evidence of the CCTV footage. So it's hard to know. I can't tell. If you guys have any like thoughts or anything, like let us know because I want to know. I want <laughs> I want to know what happened here because I I can't I can't figure it out. Um, okay. I'm trying to look it up. Maybe I'm just making it up, but I could no no look there it was up. like another. Look at this girl. <laughs> She's so cute. I did try to look it up. Um the hand motions i think you're right i think you're honestly onto something there because uh i feel like i've heard something somewhere about that but i'm not sure but it's just so annoying because at this point everything's become a conspiracy around like this entire like um this entire case so it's hard to know but i i do think i personally oh well we'll we'll get to that in a minute a surge just blew. Oh my god! Did <laughs> you hear we... that explosion? Yeah, something just exploded. Oh my god! Oh our god. power just went out. Oh my god! I'm so creeped out now. We're talking about this, and our power just went out. Like, fuck yeah. But I mean, we're still recording. But oh my god, is everything okay out there? Yeah, I don't know where the thing would be. Like, what way the? Jesus Christ. Don't you just love when you're talking about spooky shit and your power just goes out? Okay, we're we're back. We still have we have no <laughs> we have no um such we have no power. Power. Don't know what happened there. Um, Apparently, a transformer blew. Yeah, like, you could hear it from here. Street. Yeah, it was loud as hell. And, yeah, it was very loud. Oh my god, that was scary. Um, how funny that it's like now, and I'm like, why now? Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's cool. So we'll just continue in the dark. It's all right. <laughs> it's not like we don't do it already. Yeah. Right. Sorry about that. Okay, so where we left off. When the light went out, <laughs> that was that was that was a good one. You had to admit that was a really good one. <laughs> the light literally goes out. Um, so where we left off, we we're talking about the um, elevator and all, and we were really looking into that and everything. No matter how incriminating that video is, unfortunately, police had never figured out anything from that like nothing came of it so we'll talk a little more about the conspiracies in a moment so the morning of february 19th 2013 approximately three weeks after elisa lamb had gone missing guests at the cecil hotel began sending in complaint after complaint about how low the water pressure is in the building many claimed that the water had a weird taste to it and just didn't taste right Others claimed that the water levels were just barely capable to ba bathe in, and some referenced the room's water to be pitch black. So, the concierge dials up the hotel maintenance worker, Santiago Lopez, 
the only thing that he can think of to do is check the water tanks on the roof. But in order to do so, he must first go into the highest level of the building, disarm the alarm system, scale the side of the fire escape to the roof of the building, where he then climb up more stairs to a 1,000-gallon water tank, which is, sorry, there are one out of four, by the way, on top of this building, then open a heavy 20-pound latch to reveal the problem. And he did just that. But when he did do this, he unveiled something very, truly terrifying. What he saw in a deep, dark water tank was the decomposed and bloated body of Elisa Lam. Mm. Truly tragic. So sad. I know. Now, she was found naked with her clothes floating right beside her, faced up with her watch and room key. Now, her body was found covered in this weird, sandy, unidentified texture, which I still don't understand what that was. Um, And so the question is, how the hell did this one small girl get to this roof and inside this closed water tank? Yeah, heavy. Heavy water tank. And by the way, it was based on the um, judge later on that had claimed that the um, lever to open the water tank was 20 pounds. Again, if you've seen pictures of Elisa Lamb, she's a small girl. So to think about how she can herself un- unarm a whole alarm system that would, the moment you open the alarm system, it would identify, it would notify the downstairs uh, concierge, and then it would just make an alarm sound. So that would happen, and then she would have to find climb that fire escape up to the very top, which would already be noticed by somebody in my opinion if you see someone climbing a fire escape to the very top of the building but maybe even if not how does she unlatch his heavy ass like latch it's just it's weird to me so alisa's death was ruled an accidental with uh, bipolar disorder being the attributing factor so what i did not really share in the beginning is that alisa was diagnosed with bipolar disorder prior to her west coast trip And her and her family were sort of learning how to deal with this at the time. I didn't want to say this at the beginning. I feel like a lot of people do when they cover this story. But um, I feel like when we're telling a story, I don't want someone's health to be a reason as to why something happens. I want you to just understand what happened as is. So that was just the reason for that. But according to sources, they are claiming that she had some sort of psychosis. She had... Um, had a mental break and somehow ended up getting into the water tower. Now, that was according to sources. It's plausible, but certain people experiencing bipolar disorder may have hallucinations, which after watching the elevator video footage, it's plausible, but it's still a theory. And I guess it's a theory that we can't ignore. So a full autopsy wasn't done, actually, because of how badly decomposed she was which I think we should keep in mind considering what they do rule her death being, but take it as you will. The reports did show that she died sometime around midnight. Um, some sources also say that she may have not have taken her antidepressants correctly. She was on antidepressant pills and the autopsy showed as she was supposed to take two, she only taken one from the, uh, what they found in her system. 
The other pill is an antipsychotic. So according to WebMD, not taking one pill but taking the other can be very dangerous and call hallucinations. So it's, again, it's plausible. It's a thought. Maybe that's something that did happen. Seeing that there were no signs of foul play, which is absurd, considering she had been marinating in water for three weeks, she, if maybe she was raped or she was put into the water tank, we wouldn't know um, because the DNA would have been washed away way long ago. Um, and think about it. Like, like I said, these people of the Cecil that were staying at the Cecil were drinking this water. I heard people were also um, calling not only because the water pressure was bad, but because the water was also gray. Yes. Like, kind of yeah. gray and tasted weird. I it don't think you dark. mentioned that, but... I, I briefly mentioned that it was black, but... Oh, yeah, okay. It was... Um, um, and it, like, tasted weird, too. Yeah. Was, like, drawing a lot of attention. Yeah, it was uh, weird because I had also read that there was a coffee shop, um within the Cecil, and I think when they were trying to make, like, you know, the coffee and such, they had realized that it was a darky, dark, murky color. That's crazy for three weeks. For three weeks. Like, I cannot... Imagine going to a hotel not knowing that you were drinking the water of someone that was resting in a water tank for, like, weeks. Like, weeks. Oh, my God, I would never be able to drink faucet water again. Yeah, I'd be, like, traumatized. (laughs) I would be very traumatized. I can imagine what those people... I'm... Oh, it's just... It's so, so gross. And then, like, like I said, it's hard to say that she was deemed, I mean, dead by no foul play because, again, how would we know that? Because... I don't know. It's just weird to me. I mean, like I said, DNA would have been washed away by water. Water does a lot of damage to a de- uh, to a body. Also makes it decomp a lot faster. It, yeah, you're right. It does make it decomp a lot faster. So that's why I'm saying, like, if she was gone for three weeks, how do we know that she wasn't murdered? Or how do we know that something wasn't put to limits other than just her herself putting herself in danger? It's just so weird to me. And now her parents did file a wrongful death um, on this day on Maine, which is the name of the Cecil that changed her name back in 2011, which I know I think people always believe that they changed her name because of this death, but they actually were already changed by 2011. This happened in 2013, so it was already set and done by the name change. But the suit had made a dismiss, uh, sorry, the suit had been dismissed because the judge shared that the the, what happened was kind of a unforeseeable tragedy, being that where this was also happening to Lisa was an area that was off limits to the public and guests. So let's just get into the conspiracies here. So the number one conspiracy, murder. Some people believe that the uh, that the the death of Elisa Lamb may have been by an employee at the hotel. This could be very plausible only because of the footage. If we think about the footage and all, um, she had been on this footage. And then as people say, it had skipped. And so maybe the hotel, someone at the hotel maybe had had critiqued or had tempered with the CCTV footage. And maybe it was, you know, the Cecil Hotel protecting their own. Don't know. 
they would also know the alarm system and how to open it and all that. But the only thing with that one is it would be very difficult to carry. Oh, girl, up up a fire escape. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good point. And up the water tower. Yeah. So that's a that's a good question. Like what happens with I mean, that's you have a fire you have a uh, alarm system so why didn't that go off when she got up there like that doesn't make sense one thing i can think of is maybe the alarm system wasn't set yeah like maybe it was malfunctioning maybe it was yeah maybe it was malfunctioning that day which is very still weird to me but that's a thought that is a good thought um another one online sleuths had called out a heavy metal musician named morbid as a prime suspect. Now, Morbid, who tells his story in the episode of The Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel series, which is on side note on Netflix. You guys can watch it. It's really good. He explains that he was mistakenly linked to the crime after internet users realized that he had stayed in the hotel a whole year before Lamb's disappearance. So... Can it be him? <laughs> and I felt bad for that guy because I was watching that. And this guy was brutally just, you know, thrown death threats left and right about this case. And I just felt so bad because this man wasn't even in the area at the time. But that was there. And I just wanted to give that as a as a statement to think about. But if Elisa was murdered, it would be making more sense to me because... Um, how this is laid out that she actually texted on Tumblr or on her Tumblr feed that she had felt like she was being followed days leading up to her disappearance and the hotel, she would post, um, and at the hotel, sorry, she would post that she felt eyes were on her 24 seven, which is very creepy considering the CCTV footage on the elevator. She definitely seems paranoid on it and it's, Definitely a possibility. So that's something I'm strongly standing against personally because it would make sense. Um, That's why I said, guys, you never know who is watching you. You could see that a lot of your friends might be watching you even on like Instagram, on your stories and stuff like that. But you never, never know. I always look at the very bottom of my Instagram um, stories. If you ever look at that, there's a lot of random people that look at my stories. So take that as you will. Not only because I'm I'm podcasting, but there's a lot of random people. (laughs) So creepy enough, they actually never found her cell phone, like I had said, and her Tumblr was still updating after she had been found dead in the water tank. But also to be fair at the time, and I'm not sure because I don't really use Tumblr a lot, but um, apparently there is a option on Tumblr that allows you to queue your posts. So maybe that's what that was, but it is a little eerie that they never found her cell phone. She also was at a speakeasy days prior or days leading up to her, um, her, uh, her founding. So there's a good plausible, I guess, explanation maybe as to someone was using her phone, but that's also weird. Why would they use her Tumblr and post stuff there? So I don't Especially, know. Especially like some things that has to... Like, I don't know how to be like, but like, it like relates. Yeah, relates to her. Yeah. So that would be really weird. But like I said, I'm still sticking with so far the fact that someone may have been following her because she did say that. And yes, she did have um, a lot of mental um, problems and things like that. But at the same time, 
I don't always think that that can be resolved as saying she did it herself. So we don't know. Yeah, you can't just rule. We can't just rule that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Another one was that she was a victim of a snuff film and the LAPD wanted her to cover this up. Now, that is a really interesting one because it's plausible, too. The LAPD may have strongly felt that they needed to protect their own, almost like the thought of the hotel doing it. So maybe she saw something she wasn't supposed to. Maybe she had been uh, silenced at the hotel and they covered it up that way. I could see it. I wouldn't put it past them. I'm not saying the LAPD did anything. Don't sue us. But it's just a theory. This is just all the things I found online. One other one is a weird correlation between a movie. I don't know if you've heard of this um, correlation before, Brie, but it's kind of weird. And I kind of give you a weird synopsis on it. Actually, I'll let you read it, but I'll kind of quickly explain to you. Sources had made this correlation between Elisa's death and a 20, 2002 Japanese horror film called Darkwater. So according to Marie Claire, Darkwater was adapted into an American version starring Jennifer Connelly mm-hmm. and John C. Riley in 2005. In both films, based on Koji Suzuki's short story, Floating Water, a mother and daughter named Dahlia and Cecilia find dark water leaking from their bedroom ceiling. They soon discover that the apartment above theirs has flooded and the family who used to live there disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Dahlia eventually finds the body of the little girl who once lived in the apartment above and discovers she'd been abandoned by her parents and drowned after accidentally falling into the building's water tower. Many have pointed out that the film's most basic plot points mimic that of Elisa Lam's death, with LAPD being led to the roof of the Cecil Hotel after guests complained of black, tinted, or dark water coming from their taps. So, that... I mean, that's a that's a weird correlation. <laughs> yeah, that is, like... Really creepy. Really similar. Very similar. And that, again, that's a movie that came out... Um, the story itself came out in 2002. The movie that was an American version was in 2005. So there is a good chance. I don't know. It, it's weird that that correlates so well and that that happened the way it did. I don't even think, according to sources, she's even seen that movie or even knew that story existed. So that is really, really weird. Um, it could just be a coincidence. It could be a big coincidence. coincidence. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of things that happen in movies that, you know, correlate a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. Um, and then one last um, weird little, I guess, conspiracy is the elevator game. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the elevator game. Apparently, it is a. Um, origination from uh, Korea and uh, Japan. It's essentially just a step-by-step ritual that is believed by some to blur the lines of reality. And so some believe that the reason for Elisa hitting so many of the buttons and such correlate with the game that this is played in Korea and Japan. And so uh, Brie was going to read just how the game played out and how the steps played out for uh, this game. Alrighty, so the elevator game. Um, 
So it looks like there's like a little preface. Mm -hmm. There are many steps to playing and surviving the elevator game. And as we've been warned, it's imperative that you follow them precisely and in the exact order. In the game, you will need at least one player and an elevator in a building with a minimum of 10 floors. Um, and here's how you play. So step one, um, let's say you are the player. You enter an elevator alone or with another player. No outsider can enter the elevator with you, nor can you leave at any point. If you do exit the elevator, you must start over. Um, step two, then you ride the elevator from floor to floor in a specific sequence, up to the fourth floor, down to the second floor, up to the sixth floor, back down to the second floor, up to the 10th floor, and then down to the fifth floor. And you are not allowed to get off at any of the floors. Um, step three, when you get to that fifth floor, if you encounter a mysterious woman, do not look at her and do not answer or interact with her in any way. The consequences of engaging with her are said to include the possibility of never returning to the real world. Step four, push the button to descend from the fifth floor to the first floor. Here's where they say things could get crazy. If the elevator operates normally and takes you to the first floor, exit immediately and do not look back or talk to anyone. But if instead of taking you from the fifth to the first floor, the elevator begins to go up, well, congratulations, you're being allowed into another world. Or so they say. Alternate, alternatively, you might resist the urge to freak out and instead simply press the emergency button and wait for the fire department to arrive with help. Um, and then it states, so now you know how to puncture our ticket to this portal to another world. Elevator game believers say all sorts of things might happen at this point. Things might look different, it might be dark and spooky, and the power might be out, and no one else will be around. Some players have even claimed that they look out the window and saw only a red cross in the distance. You might even lose consciousness. If you're like me, though, probably the thing you'd like to hear in this situation is to know how to get home. Well, elevator game off aficionados have an answer for how to return to. Um, so this is just how, like, the steps to return safely from the other world. So the way home has several steps, all of which players say you must follow exactly, lest you get stuck in the other world. Um, so step one, you must get on the same elevator you rode before. Finding it might be a problem, but um, they advise that you keep searching until you find it. Step two, once you enter the elevator, again, move the floor from floor to floor in exactly the same sequence you did originally, 426-210-5. Upon reaching the fifth floor, press the button to the first floor, and then if the elevator starts descending again, quickly press the button for any other floor before you reach the tenth floor. Or as I've suggested before, you can simply press the emergency button, have a seat, and wait for help to arrive. I hope you don't suffer from claustrophobia. <laughs> no so yeah that that is pretty much the game of the elevator game which i'm not playing that game so fuck that no thank you no i don't want to get stuck in a different realm who the hell wants to get stuck in a different realm i mean that definitely is like it looks it looks really close to what that game is though i'm not gonna lie like but like not really in a way because although she is like hitting those buttons the elevator is clearly not moving I was gonna, and then she's like stuck yeah, I was going to also say that, to me, it looks like, based on what the keys say, like, you're pressing, she presses whatever buttons to begin with when she gets on the elevator, and then she's, like, frantically looking around, and then she gets back on the elevator, and then she's hiding, and then she gets back off of it, gets on it to push all those buttons, 
it correlates well with the game, only that the elevator doesn't move, like Bree said. So that kind of checks itself out. I mean, do I believe that this game may be some true ritual or whatever? I don't know. Can't say. Don't know what that exists, but it could be. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but ultimately, I just think that's just a, just a really, really creepy just... Uh, game to play. I don't know why anyone would want to play that, but if you guys want to play, tell me how it goes. If you get yeah, sent, let us know. yeah, let us know. If you get sent to another dimension, um, give my wishes. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so as of today, unfortunately, no one really, really knows what actually happened to Elisa Lamb. As of course I said it before. She was deemed um, dead by accidental, and people believe that it was due to her mental health. Again, it's hard to believe that, and it's still hard to believe that a small girl, like the way her stature was, could do all of that. If you see the water tank, it's a 20, 20 pound heavy water tank uh, lever, like it said. She was floating up um in the tank so for her to get into the tank she would have to shut that tank door so that's still like question mark to me because i'm like how can she that one person get into the water tank float her way up shut the water tank and then you know just be in there that and she would have also had to strip naked before she went in and then yeah she would have to strip naked throw her clothes into the water tank get into the water tank shut the door behind her and then and then what like i don't know and she didn't seem to be suicidal it just doesn't seem practical to me she seemed like she like i said from the bookstore she seemed like the lady had said she was looking to get her family like knickknacks and stuff to take back home and she was like excited to be going to other places and stuff she was actually getting her like her stuff together after figuring out a lot about this like mental health and her disorder that she had so I don't know. Yeah, and then she said that she felt like she was being followed and stuff. Yeah, that part really just gets me because she said that actually, um, I don't think I mentioned this even uh, at the beginning, but uh, right before she said that she started traveling, she said that she felt uh, online presence because I think when she had an issue, she started sharing her like locations and stuff. I think that was when she was like, oh shit, like I shouldn't have showed my location. And I think that's when, I don't know if she turned it off or whatnot, but I do know it kind of, kind of creeped her out a little bit. And so I think that was also a point to this too, was that she felt this whole entire time that she was being followed. I can't say whether or not, maybe it was part of the fact that, you know, According to uh, the autopsy, she hadn't taken her um, her pills the way she was supposed to. So maybe she was. I don't know. Maybe she was seeing things. Maybe she wasn't seeing things and she was really onto something. It's hard to know. But I think it's just such a mysterious case because of the way that she was acting. Yeah. Plus the fact that, you know, she turns up dead. Yeah. Plus the fact of like, how would she have done that by herself? Plus the fact of, like, how would someone have done it? Like, like let's say someone did kill her. How would they have carried her body up into, you know, the water tank while also having her? Having like, her holstered over their shoulder. Yeah. yeah, over their shoulder or something. Um, and, like, 
I mean, and let's say, like, they didn't kill her first. Like, maybe they put her in there and she was still alive. Like, how would they have carried her up the fire escape and up the water tower, which is huge. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of steps. While she was alive, would she not be kicking, screaming, yelling? You would, yeah. Was she tranquilized? Did they find anything in her system? Like That's the weirdest thing. It's just something, to me, when I hear this case, based on what I've shared with all of you, something doesn't add up to me. Something's missing. Like yeah, something there's is a lot missing. There's a lot missing to this case that just doesn't make sense because I'm thinking about it too. And I'm like, okay, like Bria said, all these things don't add up. Like no matter how you, the way you look at it based on murder, like if it was a murder, how was it one person that did this? It had to be at least one, more than one person in that case. And they just really track, they cleaned their tracks up very well. The other thing is that if she did this herself, it would have been a struggle. Like, why would you go through all of that just to, you know, end up dead in a water tank? That doesn't add up either to me. And it's just like, no matter the way you look at it, whether it was suicide or whether it was accidental to me, it's like, this girl wasn't a very big girl. I can get past that. Like, how could she do all of this? Yeah, how could she... She was tiny. She was tiny. And how could she get past... You know, that video was the last video they saw of her. That, that that red, you know, sweater had talked about in those pants. That was the outfit they found in the water. So that was the night she was last seen. So it, it's just weird to me how, you know, all these things could have aligned the way they did. And for the forensics and the, you know, the scientists to say, oh, this was accidental. It just doesn't, they just rolled it out too easily to me. I don't know. It's just so crazy to me. And I just... I don't it's know. It's definitely a weird case. I've heard a lot of conspiracies involving the hotel and them trying yeah. to it up and maybe it was someone in the hotel and I, I think know the manager was being sketched. Odds point to that. And I honestly, if it's not someone that was really following her, I honestly say maybe it was. Don't, again, don't sue us. But based on the evidence, you never know. I mean, the, it's closed now as of today. Um, I did check too. It is permanent, permanently closed. They did change the name to the stay on Maine, and that was the name of it up until they had closed it. Um, I think they're remodeling, or but they're, they're trying to old opening. Again? They're trying to remodel, but they're not opening up to uh, the public for like uh, staying there anymore. They're keeping it as a um, like a uh, not a museum, but like a what's the word? Like, an attraction almost, or yeah, like an attraction. Yeah, I think it's like being mostly turned into like just a monumental structure just to keep there. So they're not going to tear it down or anything as far as I know. They're going to keep it there and they are re-renovating, but I think it's pretty much just becoming kind of almost like a museum. I feel like they wouldn't, they shouldn't re-renovate if they're planning on... Leave it as is. Yeah, like if they're planning on like making money off of it to show people who are curious about like yeah. what it is or what it looks like or, you know, people like us who are interested in its history. Like, yeah. Whatever, whatever I I feel like re, uh, re-renovating it is just like pointless. Like I, I think don't want to see these, these <laughs> I see how it looks. That's what I'm saying. And I, I think it's more ir- irritating to me because I feel like it's been like over the years that they have kept re-renovating the Cecil Hotel over and over and over again. So based on all these deaths that have happened, even if you know, we wanted to figure out what happened. We couldn't because all of this is being torn down and rebuilt over and over again. And it makes it very hard to be able to understand what's going on at the hotel. Um, Cause cases can still be solved 
years and years down the road. I've seen so many cases. I think uh, I can't even pinpoint one. Oh, the boy in the box. You just told me about that mm-hmm. one. They identify who the boy was, um, which is a gruesome case in itself. Um, but that, you know, gave justice to the family of that child who had once passed away back in, I think, what it was at the 50s or 60s. So DNA testing, things like that can still be used. It's just about how you proceed to use it and things that get cleaned up and stuff like that just make it so much harder. So, but I do hope that one day Elisa's lamb, Elisa Lamb's story can be resolved in the right way or solved in the right way. And we can finally get the clarity to know what happened to her because at this point, to me, I think there's just not enough evidence to really figure out what it is. And as of today, it is a mystery. So, wow, that's just insane that this even happens. And being that we did cover this case, me traveling puts me in a little bit of a weird space because <laughs> just knowing that alone, it's kind of creepy and such. But uh, it does make you want to be just more careful. And honestly, I think that's a real good reason to even share these stories, obviously, because, you know, anything can happen. Nothing is guaranteed. Fortunately, in these kind of ages, nothing is guaranteed. So, but there we go. That is the case of Elisa Lamb. Mysterious. I like to serious. I'm sorry. No, mysterious. Mysterious. (laughs) This, yeah, that is a mysterious case of Elisa Lamb. Let us know what you guys think about that. We are really just um, interested in hearing what you guys have to say about this case. If you guys have any more information about it, things like that, let us know. We're always here to accept more information. My stomach is growling. She's hungry. She's hungry. She's hungry. Time for the famous spiel. Ways to reach us are going to be on Instagram at WTLGO Podcast. Kendall's personal Instagram is at This is Kendall Hudson. Our Facebook is When the Light Goes Out. Twitter, WTLGO Podcast. Email wtlgoinquiries at gmail.com. Please send us some emails. YouTube, WTLGO Podcast. Haven't posted anything on there, but hopefully in the future, maybe next year. Um, as always, please send us some video ideas, or not video, I guess, <laughs> um, story ideas um, through email or DMs. We still want to do the paranormal episode, and we can always use some ideas for next year of different cases that you guys want us to cover. Um, we've been doing a lot of well-known ones, so maybe send in some maybe not so well-known ones so we can shed some light on those. Definitely. Speak those victims' names and stuff. Um, but as always, thank you so much for supporting and listening us. Hopefully my power comes back on. It looks like hopefully <laughs> sometime around 325 it's saying. Oh, okay. Uh, so like an hour? An hour, hopefully. Okay. Um, or at least my Wi-Fi. And uh, as always, we appreciate you guys and we'll catch you next time. Definitely. Thank you. I, uh, Yeah, we'll be here next week and we'll be continuing our little... Cecil series, but we'll be taking it a little outside the Cecil this time, and you'll just have to see what we do. So stay tuned, guys. We love you. Thank you for listening, and we will see you when the light goes out.